I'm Phil Reed from Steve Jackson Games, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica answered the question, can the GM cheat in an RPG? In the news, Gloomhaven and Tales of the Valiant join the $1 million crowdfunding club, Renegade Games Studios claims ownership of the word Renegade, the Diane Jones Award finalists were announced, and more, plus a brand new sketch about reassessing the threat level of a legendary foe. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk. This week, the podcast is sponsored by the Imperial Bank of Botherton. If you have a mountain of gold coins looted from an unfortunately deceased goblin tribe, or a cache of valuable gems liberated from a sadly demised commune of bugbears, you'll find no better place to store it. The Imperial Bank of Botherton's vault is guarded by nuclear bear owls, and its adamantine doors are enchanted by the greatest mage in all the... Oh, wait, I think there must be an error. I'm the greatest mage in all the world. Who is who is this pretender? Who? Who? I demand to know! All the tabletop roleplay news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is Peter Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers, and here with us today, giving us her very best top of the morning to us. It's <laughs> it's me, Jessica from EN Publishing. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't ready. That for joke that one. definitely needs to be explained because nobody's going to understand what that's about. I wasn't here last week because I was in Dublin, Ireland. Mm. And top of the morning to you is like a stereotypical old-timey Irish phrase. Quite a bit of news this week. Oh, mm. good. It's good news. There's bad news. There's in between news. I don't think you got to beat last there's week. Scandalous news. Scandalous scandal. We will have no scandal on this podcast. There is. Well, there was scandal last week. I listened and caught up. The whole TSR thing was. Yes. I, 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 I gotta say, I don't think we're gonna beat that for laughs per minute for me personally. That was <laughs> the most hilarious episode I've ever. Recorded. No, I mean this isn't anywhere near as funny or anywhere near as. Should I talk about the thing I'm that? talking about? Well, it depends which bit you're talking about. There's different bits of news this week. There's, well, I was we've gonna talk scandal. about the thing that is. You, you want to do the renegade thing? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, it's nowhere near as scandalous as TSR, just to be clear. Renegade Studios okay. haven't come out it's as bigots. It's a mild scandal. Uh, <laughs> they haven't come out as bigots in any On the scandal Richter um, scale, it's like a sort of two out of ten. Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. But it's, you know, anyway, it's, it was a segue. So, uh, Renegade Game Studios are a publishing studio, and they make games, like tabletop games and board games and stuff Ooh. and things. And they're um, a big Hasbro licensee as well, so they do a exactly. lot of the Hasbro G.I. Joes and Transformers yeah. and Hasbro Properties games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There is another company, which is like an indie publisher, called Polyhedral Knights. And they are not on the same scale as Renegade Game Studios. No. Uh, uh, and they have launched, uh, as in Polyhedral Knights, have launched a Kickstarter, which is called Renegade City. Hmm. Okay. And Renegade Game Studios was like, first of all, how dare you use the word Renegade? That is our thing. <laughs> and they sent, probably okay. not with that wording, but yeah. they sent a cease and desist letter to them. They did. Saying change the name of the game because <laughs> that's re- I, I was gonna i was trying to merge the words outrageous and renegade like rene- renegadious 
Renegadious is a good word. That's renegadious of you. Again, this is officially a word. This is speculation of what they wrote. This is me speculating. But I I speculate that they said, hey, (laughs) WTF, why would you do that? Renegade is our thing. Back off, Queen. I think that's That's, speculation. That's exactly what they said. Yes. Um, But no, um, Renegade Game Studios didn't threaten to sue them. uh, And that's likely because their trademark is for the phrase Renegade Game Studios and not the word Renegade on its own. Because you can't... How do you trademark Renegade? Yeah, you can't trademark a single word in that that way. Yeah. Like, if you... That's been there for... Yeah, sorry. Anyway. Yeah. In the the same way that you couldn't say my game is called Dungeons and Dragons, but you could use the word dragon yeah. or... So I've got a copy of the letter in front of me here. So Oh, no, yeah. mine was much better. But anyway, um, what was the no, no, yours is better. I agree, yours is okay. better. That's what a I would have said. My, my, mine is maybe more accurate, but yours is better. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll accept that. Please carry on. I, def- I definitely prefer your version of the letter. <laughs> okay. I definitely prefer what, what did the actual letter say? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the actual letter said, unfortunately, your use of the term renegade in the title of your new game creates the likelihood that consumers might be confused between our clients' games, this is by, from the lawyers, obviously, mm. and your game, or believe that the two are connected or affiliated. They go on a little bit a bit, and then as such, the Renegade must ask that you agree to rename your game to remove the Renegade element. That's basically it. Um, this is a little bit more, but that, that's basically it. They, what, so we'll sat down and type that out straight face? Well, there's oh, a bit of a twist. They were paid to. There's a bit of a twist, because... The game, um, Renegade City, the yeah. artwork and the font and the trade dress is basically, if you look at um, a Grand Theft Auto game, right. it's that, exactly. But yeah, it looks... Rockstar Games, that's the yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So, nothing to do, yeah. nothing to do with Renegade. Yeah. Right, right. So, so, so Rockstar's, <laughs> like, just has its head on the swivel going, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. So what, what happened was this, this this slightly blew up on the forums over yeah. yeah. on my site and stuff, and someone from Renegade popped onto the forums to explain themselves. <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, yes, that was a good idea. Um, well, you know, I mean... Well, I guess, I guess it's better than not saying anything. If people are talking about it, you want to yeah, engage. Yeah. As we know yeah. from Wizards so, of the Coast in, so, in January, so, so, so silence what, what, what is they, bad. Yeah. But, so what but engaging they, on a forum, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. just release a public statement and keep your head down like a sensible person. I, for <laughs> one, think the EM World forums are an excellent place to have these discussions and people exactly. should do as such. Okay. So this okay. is what they said on, okay. the, on the forum. Uh, <laughs> Renegade's intent is only to protect its brand and prevent any direct or indirect confusion. In this specific case, the game in question bears an extremely strong resemblance to an intellectual property not owned or licensed by Renegade Game Studios. They're talking about Grand Theft Auto there. Yeah. Right. Um, even an accidental affiliation today or in the future is something we prefer to avoid. So basically what they're saying is they're worried that Rockstar Games... Is going to sue them. Is going to sue them by mistake instead of... that. The lawyer would really have to mess up and be like, well, it has the word renegade in it. You know, how could I... No one uses the word renegade. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that's a slight change in the story as to the reason they did it anyway. That's not what they said in the letter originally. Um, It blew up a bit on Twitter. It blew up on my forums. It blew up in a few other places. um, And they've kind of pretty much backed down and all that's had to happen now. Can I talk about the fun thing that happened, though? Because one thing I love is the RPG community's response to, like, corporations doing legal things, Mm. as we saw with the OGL. And what lots of creators did in response to this was on Itch, loads of creators created the Renegade RPG Jam, mm. and they all made tabletop role-playing games featuring the word Renegade somewhere in the title. Yeah. And so there's just a swarm of 
titles of RPGs on itch now with Renegade on to stand in mm. solidarity with Polyhedral Knights, which I thought mm. was really funny. And I love how the community does stuff like that. Like 10 out of 10, yes. well done community response. Mm. Um, and Polyhedral Knights have posted a Kickstarter update and they've kind of concluded it by saying they're still, they're not changing the title of the game. But they did say that they're going to put inside the the game a disclaimer saying this game is not in any way affiliated with, sponsored by, or connected to Renegade Game Studios. I mean, they don't need to do that. But um, they, they, they come out of that looking like reasonable good guys. Saying, yeah. yeah. As opposed to completely unhinged. I think, I think that, yeah. And Rockstar mm. isn't suing them. So, I mean, no, quite Rock's- frankly, these people are super lucky. Rockstar, Rockstar said nothing. Noticed them. Yeah. It's, yeah. In fairness, it is a similar arts, well... Uh, currently, it is a similar uh, art it style. It looks exactly like a, and the font is very similar. But I wonder how much of a loving parody you can make before it goes into. Well, the mark. theme of the game is kind of similar as well. You play criminals, and you know, it's yeah, kind of, it's kind of this kind of unofficial Grand. I, I think maybe Grand Theft Auto, the RPG, unofficially. Yeah, bit. but Russ, have you not published an RPG called Montana Drone? Hey, I'm not criticising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Hey, you better be quiet. I am saying. <laughs> so, that, so that was the minor yeah, scandal yeah. I was referencing, which is nowhere near like the level of TSR scandal you were discussing last week. But I just, I wanted to get mm. involved because I'm a gossipy, yeah. gossipy queen. And so so Renegade joins uh, Games Workshop with its uh, Space Marine thing about 10 years ago. You remember that? Oh, yeah. I'd actually read some of the original Spots Space Marine book, which, like, I can't say, I thought, well, Spots is a silly name for a person. They're doing some moderately Space Marine things, but it was mm. fan fiction. It clearly wasn't Games Workshop Space Marines. Yeah. You so... didn't read it and were confused and was like, wow, this book yeah. by Games yeah. Workshop. Well, the games, well, the uh, Space Marine thing hit BBC and everything. It got it got proper mainstream. That one blew oh, up. Wow. When, I, re- um, I read I read the judgment online. It was quite funny because mm. um, that's my sense of humour. Reading legal judgment, but still mm. <laughs> niche but valid. Yeah, yeah I mean, for people for so people who, for people who don't know, um, like ten years or so ago, uh, oh, Games Workshop started going after people who used the term Space Marine in any, in any context in a product. Yeah, it didn't last long. It didn't last. No. Long, but <laughs> it wasn't the legal response. You don't own the term Space. Yeah. Marine. but there was some. There, there, there was some like pushing. Now, what's your what's your what's your version of like you had your version of the lawyer's letter, Jess? What's your version of the legal response? To Wait, that? when was this sent? Because I'll need to change my language. It was, it was like ten oh, years ago, ish. No, no, it was longer than that. Was it like, like sure. the nineties? No, no, it wasn't the nineties. Wasn't that like I? Oh, then there's no. Okay, I'll use. Okay. Two thousand and five, two thousand four. Like seriously, it was a long time ago. Okay, so oh, Games Workshop will have written. Yeah. Uh, to Amazon being like, OMG, bestie, I know this wasn't you, but... 2013. You... 2013, yeah. okay. Okay, yeah, this is fine. 10 okay. years ago. So, so 10 years ago. I'm going I'm to still use whatever language. So Games Sorry, Workshop, Jess. that's fine. You asked me to do this, I'm going to do it. Okay. So, <laughs> commitment to the bit. We don't need a sketch this week, this will be the sketch. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is yeah, the sketch. So, okay. Games Workshop writes to Amazon, they go, OMG, bestie, I know this wasn't you, but... On your site, there are people who are writing books using the term Space Marine, and that's totes our thing. So they need to step off. Can you delete their stuff? Uh, thank you. Hugs and kisses. Games Workshop. And Amazon went and left them on there. <laughs> How about that? How's that? It's all right. Jess's, it. Jess's summary mm-hmm. of the news. This, this is why you both invited me on the podcast. 
Scene. <laughs> okay. I do no. have more stuff about Renegade what? Game Studios, though. No. They've been busy. Better news. Uh, is, this, is this less rake stompy? Correct. Uh, they have announced a distribution partner with By Night Studios, um, and oh, they're the people that produce the LERP for Rules for World of Darkness. <laughs> so Live action role playing. Well, I LERP. suppose live role playing. Yeah, LERP. Uh, so Night Studios are going to continue to develop it uh, and also develop World of Darkness 5th edition LARP mm. rules mm. and Renegade Game Studios are going to um, handle the distribution of it <laughs> but they're sure. partnered together so yeah. it's yeah. not like it's, it's far less interesting than the last piece of news about them I will yeah. admit That's this is a slightly interesting one okay who the devil are you that is my question to you I'm Peter Coffey who the devil are you huh? I feel oh. a lot of existential dread about being asked <laughs> I don't really know. But if you ask Monty Cook Games, yes. Who the Devil Are You is a new role-playing game which you oh. can pick up in PDF format for about a tenner mm-hmm. in dollars. And basically, it makes the players do all the work instead of the GM. So oh, the players, it. during character creation, build the world and then they create the adventure based on an image prompt and all the GM really needs to do is fill in some of the details. But it's pretty much the players do all of the work and the GM kind of sits back and lets them do it. I don't know, Russ. I think some of them are getting wise to that. Like, I was doing a game on this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I was basically asking them questions about what sort of setting they wanted. And they, they were getting real restive. Real restive. They were they didn't like this. They were like, you're supposed to be telling us what this <laughs> is. <laughs> I was like, damn, they're on to us. It's just kind of fun, though. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's no, like a 50-page PDF. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the rules in it and a load of advice and things like that. It's quite a lightweight kind of tool set type game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's kind of designed to be fun and fast paced. It's kind of narrative themed, as you would expect for something like that. And yeah, kind of, it's very much designed for one shots. Yeah. So you yeah. play it in two to three hours. It's not yeah. designed for campaigns. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I like the sound of that. Yeah, That's yeah. I like the sound kind of, of it how too. I, when I GM, because I, maybe it's because I'm lazy or maybe it's because I'm collaborative. You can choose, <laughs> listener. Um, yeah. If if we come across something that I haven't like planned or prepared, like you come to a house somewhere, uh, and they'll go, "Oh, what does it look like?" I'll go, "I don't know. What does it look like?" Pete? And get uh, get you to describe, and then I'll be like, "Oh, but Russ, what's what's weird about it? If it's a horror thing or something?" So I don't. I make my players do stuff all the time. So this sounds like it suits me. <laughs> This is this is this is just is advanced GM tips. You're already Adva- you're already an advanced, advanced GM. Yeah, basically <laughs> lazy GM tips. So I don't. I'm not going to say the lazy uh, hey, GM because someone's well, got that name. I mean, lazy, 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 lazy is the word here because on in in the uh, product description, basically mm-hmm. it says, "What if the lazy ass GM makes the players <laughs> do all the work?" That's lit. That's my and that's my GM yeah. style. I am. Fans I am thinking that's a strong me. offering for Monty Cook Games, but obviously, if you're going to run a game. You probably need to put some sort of safety tools. Did you see that segue? Smooth, flawless. Mm-hmm. So the Bo Jager Sheldon, who came up with script change, which is included in mm-hmm. Level Up, has uh, been doing some reiterations with layouts, cards, emojis, and additional tools in order to help improve safety in your games. So, oh, nice! Yeah. I'll check yeah. that out because I I yeah. like running a lot of horror games, and that's e- oh, really well. important in those settings. Mm-hmm. I mean, in any game, I think it's important but yeah. in yeah. horror even more so because you know yeah. I, I, I try I try to avoid things that would be like too too much like that because yeah day job so give yeah. a skip in it I want to do a quick diversion into Kickstarter oh, and yes, back in fact because okay. we've yeah. got two new members of the Million Dollar Club yeah. 
So, first was Tales of the Valiant, which is Cobalt Press's black flag role-playing thing, their their response to the OGL crisis, their 5e alternative thing. I'm surprised that didn't reach a million sooner, though. I I was expecting that to be a $2 million Kickstarter, to be honest. Um, We thought at least a million five. Yeah. Mm. With about a day left to go. Uh-huh. It kind of just slipped over the million dollar mark. So it looks like it's going to close at about it's like hours left now. Okay. But I think by the time this yeah. kicks, this podcast goes out, it'll probably be closed. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be somewhere around 1.2, I guess, yeah. is where it's going to close. That's, there. that's still really Which good. Which is still crap. That's still bloody good. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Here crap. we are sitting, oh, only a million? God. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's incredibly good. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the first one. Hit the million yeah. dollar club. The other one, of course, is um, the Gloomhaven Kickstarter. Oh. It's not on Kickstarter. It's actually on Bandicoot. I, uh, I mean, are we comparing like, like I don't well, know. Well, no, but no, no. Yeah, but there's lots of these million dollar ones yeah. have miniatures and all sorts of stuff in. But, well, um, well, 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 that and like, um, like, God love them. The, co- the community supporting Cobra Press is big. But have you seen the numbers that like Gloomhaven's regularly pulling down? They're like, yeah. they're, they're now, they're now consigned to languish at number three on the top ten. Top twenty of board game geeks' uh, most popular game, so mm. they they're coming from a much different place. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but they they hit the million dollar club like in the first hour or so. They actually crashed back a kit for a little bit. Ah. <laughs> um, there were so many people flooding on. This is on Tuesday when it launched. Wow. Um, yeah. Crashed back a kit for a few hours. Um, yeah. Hit um, hit a million dollars like on the first day in the first few hours. Yeah. Um, it's about one point nine million now. So closing in on two million. Wow. Um, yeah. Currently, it's tracking ahead day for day of Avatar. Do you remember the Avatar Kickstarter that did mm-hmm. just under ten million? Whether it's got the legs to keep up with it, I don't know. But I think at the right. moment it's tracking tracking just ahead of it. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, like 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 you say, Peter. Though it is, it's not just an RPG. Um, yeah, it's not an it, RPG graph. It, it's, it's happening got... to a board game franchise where which has yeah. a. I mean, no, sure, honestly, sure. it's a massive following. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think, because I, I know I've heard a lot of people that are role players talk about this game and be interested in it from a role play perspective because it's got that interesting of card mechanic. But also, I think there's a lot of board gamers that are like, oh, I've never really tried RPGs, but maybe I'll give this a go. That's so a I kind think of like how the Avatar one worked, didn't it? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. So I think it's it's a it's a good role playing game. So role, serious role players are interested because it's you know yeah it's not just like they've slapped a theme on it uh but you know so it's legit yeah. and then also it brings in all these new you know board games yeah. which I, may be I a really a quick, good thing for the industry as a whole because maybe they'll I had be a quick squeeze at who backed which pledge level yeah okay just so i was curious yeah. and it looks to me like about 50 percent of the people backing it have backed for the role-playing game and 50 percent of the people are backing other pledge tiers nice so i took all, all the pledge okay. tiers that have the role-playing game in it, and there's a bunch of players which are just miniatures or just a second edition yeah. of the board game. Oh, uh, okay. So the idea is you can expand your board game with stuff and not by the role playing yeah. game. Yeah, and there's also uh, okay. a second edition printing of the board the game. game, and also there's um, Frosthaven on there. The board game, you know, there's, uh, okay. there's a lot oh, okay. of stuff. Oh, right. A lot of, adults, a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah. That make okay. That makes a lot of sense. And like four, I think it's like four hundred miniatures or six hundred miniatures. I think it's a lot of miniatures. And those board games uh, aren't aren't cheap. I mean, they're good value because you get a lot. But then, mm. in terms of money you're handing over, it's not a small sum. I think mm. I said. I think I saw it was like six hundred minis for four hundred dollars. Mm. Which I have to say, that is a lot of minis. That's that's that's, deal, that's great value. I mean, minis are if, you, yeah. if you've got if you've got like four hundred dollars to spare on yeah. yes. minis. I mean, four hundred dollars yeah. is a lot of money to still, yeah. but it is for the yeah. value. It's good value, is what I was saying. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's excellent value, but yeah. Anyway. I will not be purchasing no, that. No, me neither, because, you know, I, I wouldn't use the minis. So. Am I spending well, 400 quid on something? I'm buying a gown and ops if I'm spending 400 quid on something. Anyway. What would I spend 400 quid on? Yeah. Interesting. Possibly, well, possibly I, I might have a suggestion because we can move from the very large Kickstarters to one on the very teeny tiny end. This one is on crowdfunder.com. Is it 400 quid? It's not 400 quid, actually. Oh, good. Can, <laughs> I was about to say. It, I was like, okay. It, 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 this one you can get in. Crowdfunder.com? I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, yeah. That'd be whack up a link for you. It is a very small, like, um, uh, crowdfunding platform, but, yeah, it's pretty good. This is from Hatchling Games, which will obviously be familiar if you backed previously their Inspirals and Overalls Kickstarters, which helped you learn sign language. And this yeah. one here is a colouring book with digital files. Oh, cute. Um, so it's made by a role-playing game studio, and it has a lot of work by Fernando Salvatera, who hmm. I follow on Mastodon, and who's an absolute machine, just churning out amazing quality stuff. I mean, hmm. perhaps other people don't like it. I really like how it looks. It's just it's inherently pleasing for me. So I've bought a couple of copies, because uh, I want to give one away as a present. But yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a nice uh, present. Yeah, and, and you could also, of course, get the, um, it's in the chance to get the Inspirals and Overalls campaign book. Yes. Sad drawback for our listeners in the EU and indeed anywhere that isn't uh, the UK or the US in that they won't ship to you. So that is a bit Aww. of a bummer. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm a bit sad about that, but mm. yeah, like I say. I think they, they, they are, they it. are working on the international. I did an interview yeah. with them, um, oh, yeah. on Not D&D, uh, was it last month? So if you are interested in Inspirals or Overalls, there's not D and D interviewing about it, and they do mm. they do because uh, mm. you know challenges of being a small indie publisher. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, like I said, I, I really like the artwork. I know a couple of people who definitely appreciate the coloring book. Hmm. That is cute. I love coloring. Book. Okay, uh, got some beadling grin stuff. Ooh, so minis. Uh, no, well, yeah, there's editions. minis in it, but yeah. So you you know they do their big deluxe boxed editions of the official D and D adventures. Do I? <laughs> yep, you do. <laughs> uh, so, Fandelver and Below the Shattered Obelisk is coming out in September. Yeah. Yes. And Beedle and Grimm have announced the Legendary Edition is going to be in October. Unlike the previous things, it's going to have a whole load of extra stuff. There's going to be miniatures in there, there's going to be handouts, there's going to be battle maps, and there's like badges and pins and things. Um, you know, there's, they just have. Encounter cards, magic item cards. I think there's some bonus adventures in there. It's a big old luxurious box set, just crammed full of extra stuff. And the adventure itself as well, of course. We like stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never actually seen one of these things in person. I've been kind of seen pictures of them, but they do look pretty. Like if if you if you've got the money to spend and you really and you're playing in person and <laughs> you really want to make a good impression running one of these adventures, I think that one of these things probably like really is pretty cool to have. With all the yeah. handouts. See so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's coming out in October. There is a game, another game that's coming out in... Oh, yeah. Impossible. What? I know. Games and expertly, it's going to be coming out in September 19th, which is also international. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, fittingly, it is Pirate Borg, which is coming out Ooh. on this day. Uh, <laughs> so, it, I mean, this is exactly what you think. It's a piratey spin-off of Morkborg. Um... Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, what do you want to know? You're going to be pirates and be raiding, plundering, pillaging. Uh, yes. There's skeletons, there's krakens. It's everything you would want from a pirate game. Uh, but yeah, you can pre order it now and get the PDF. But um, I just thought it was nice that they're bringing the book out on. Yeah. I just thought that's yeah. that's nice. I yeah. do have one question. Can you read the text? What text? The text on the book. Like, is the layout actually accessible? Or 
is you just have to really struggle to read it. Because if you can read it just straight off, it's not proper Mortcourt now, is it? Right, I see the joke. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I have not looked inside oh. the book because they haven't sent me a copy yet. So, what? Uh, <laughs> it's a free copy. I, I know. Yeah, you know, I mean, come on, like you're not going to keep on getting the like good publicity off Jess if you don't get sent a free copy. Exactly. So um, I can't comment. Um, let me put together two words, which I'm hoping will make you sit up and say, "Yes, I'm listening." Space necromancers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this would be. I'll just put a link in the show note uh, in the chat. Uh, this mortal coil, which did catch my eye because I was like, okay, um, oh, you're cute. a space traveller turned necromancer. Huh? <laughs> Try to achieve eternal life by constructing a magical anchor. We've all, we've all been <laughs> Create there. undead foils. Apparently it's a standalone science horror setting rulebook for liminal horror, and you can use it to incorporate necromancy and space travel into liminal horror Khan and other Into the Odd inspired games. So, hmm. um... I, I mean, it's 136 pages, and it, uh, it just just looks... It, it's it just, really... It just sounds, it's got like, really nice best, design, actually. Idea. It does, yeah. I can see some of the pictures in the link you shared in terms of the layout, and it looks it looks really nice. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it looks quite nice, and the concept is just completely off the wall crazy. And I have to say, I love it. And if you're a fan of, say, Gideon the Ninth, then maybe you will also love this. I don't, I don't know. And also, who wouldn't want to be a space necromancer? I'm buying this. Okay. Well, right now. Yeah. Live on air. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to buy it right now. Hey, you can't remember my itch login. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, like I said, do it's very cool. Yeah. Um, Shall I tell you about the Diana Jones Award nominees for this year? Oh, yeah. Oh, some good ones. Oh, some good ones. No, no. no Peter, you'll, Peter, you'll, be, you'll be okay you'll, with this. You'll be okay yeah, with Yeah, you'll be this. delighted to hear there are no concepts nominated. No, that, 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 I think that's an important <laughs> first step. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What we have got this year is... We yes. have got a journalist, two tabletop RPGs, a D and D adventure, and a game designer. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but I think that who, how this is two of the wins. It's definitely going to be taken in a political fashion. But yes, I think I know who I think is probably going to win. But I, I you know, it, it's just a guess. But I'll tell you who the who the nominees are. Yes, yes. So nominee and numero uno, number one, yes. is Linda Kodiga. Yes. Yes. Uh, who Good for them, covered yeah. the OGL crisis December, yeah. January extremely well yeah, and in great detail. Yeah. And I would say was probably the most instrumental person in getting Wizards of the Coast to change their course. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. They certainly got the word out and did some really good mm. investigative journalism yeah. on the topic. Uh, yeah. um, and they were also really fair. Mm. Like, yeah, they, they, they were definitely a lot more even-handed yeah. than other people. It, so, it, so, it didn't yeah. feel like a witch hunt. No, um, uh, they were just doing proper journalism. And to be fair, that's something I haven't seen in quite some time. So, yeah. Yeah, fun. I mean, in an industry like ours, yeah, yeah. there isn't quite so much scope for proper journalism because oh, most no. of the news is basically, there's a new game coming out. This is what yeah. it's like. This is what yeah. it's about. You know, yeah, And then occasionally something will happen. Yeah. Um, like a TSR thing or an OGL thing or something like that will happen. Yeah. Or occasionally. a renegade but that's not, thing. Oh, yeah, but that's not the norm, yeah. is it? That's yeah. not no, norm. no. Thank goodness. Thank goodness that we don't have regular scandals drive our industry forwards. Well, it's getting more and more like I that. I think we'll get more and more. And I think it's because we get more big corporations. Mm. I think it's just because the hobby's getting bigger as well. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, Part we can't blame Nuts uh, for being a big corporation because they're definitely not. They're not even a corporation now. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it, well, well they're, they're bankrupt. I, I have outlasted <laughs> and outcreated and outsold them. 
which which gives me a certain I don't know how would you say it? Sha- what's, what's the word for Schadenfreude? But we don't feel any shame about it. You're just you're just you're just happy. You're just happy. I don't know. That's me. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> okay. Would you like to know the next nominee for a Diana Jones Award? Oh I, yes, yes, yes. That's yes. please. Okay. The next one is Coyote and Crow. Nice. Which nice. is the uh, RPG by Connor Alexander. I feel like that was like two or three years ago, but obviously it wasn't because it's been. Well, the, the Kickstarter yeah, but, was, but yeah. it was uh, that's published was, yeah. like to retail. Yeah. Within yeah. The, the, the... It's just in my head. It's kind of... But yeah, so that that's a, that's a nominee. We also have from Wizards of the Coast, Journey Through the Radiant Citadel. Yes. Yeah. I don't think that will um, win. Sorry, I don't think it. I don't think it. And no shade um, to the creators, like as in the writers, no, the right. artists. Yeah, the no, art I think it's amazing. there because you know it's a yeah. it's a strong um, representation product, isn't it? So yeah. and that's I think that's I, why it's right. I, I mean, it, even that one did have some problems. I do remember. Mm. Oh, does it? Yeah. I haven't. Yeah, uh, it's like not the actual stuff, but like things like the stories being changed drastically after they were put out. Was that that one? Or was that, that, that was Panzer Lions. One Panzer Lions. That was that, was that yeah. book, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah, Barbers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We also have Rosenstrass, which is, I don't know anything about this one, but it's a role-playing game by uh, Moira Turkington and Jessica Hammer, published by Unruly Designs. It says, yeah. I also don't know about oh. this one, and it's I, I'm not familiar with World it. War II yeah. uh, one. Okay. Hmm. All right. All right. Um, it looks very indie, so I'm really pleased that they have been nominated. It looks... Yeah. I mean, yeah. getting, getting nominated in such a such 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 company is an extremely big achievement, and yeah. they should be rightly proud of themselves. That is, yeah. I, I, I have to say, I suspect they're probably not likely to win because I haven't heard of them. But getting but nominated then the is, is a bloody good isn't job. a popularity contest. It has no. a small jury of like three or four people. So, so it could. Yeah. It's, it's so got as good as chance. Just because yeah. it's un, just because it's un, not as well known as the other one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and finally, we have Cole. I don't know how to pronounce this. Whirl. I said. W e h r l. I said Whirl. Whirl. Okay. Uh, but the creator of Root, um, creator director oh, yeah. at Leader Games, and co-founder of uh, Whirligig. Whirligig Games. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's the uh, five nominees, Ooh. and my money is on Linda Kodiga. I. I think that would make sense, and they, yeah. I think it's well deserved. Yeah. I'm not going to know. But it might be seen as being know. very political because that would be saying something to wizards. But Well, Linda um, Kodega does not again, only cover articles by Wizards of the true. Coast, they do lots of yeah. different things in the RPG yes, industry. Yeah, yeah. So. That just happens to be yes. the one that really exploded this year. No, but certainly, certainly put Linda on the map for me, and I would, going forward, certainly say, oh, Linda Kodega. And use that name recognition to guide my choice of reading. Cool. Okay, let's find some more news. Who's got some news? I have news. Okay. Yes. Tell I us have, more. Well, I have two things. Do you want something, a teaser? Two news. Two, I have two items of news. One mm-hmm. is like a teaser about a new role-playing game, if you know what such things are. And the other is about role-playing games, but it's a bit more like corporate. Which one? I think first you need to explain to me what a role-playing game is, because I'm not clear. It's not for you, Russ. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I wouldn't like it. You, it's I not for you. Play role playing games. I, I no, like it's it's a no. it's a woman's hobby. It's a it's a it's a secret. That I've never played a role playing game in my yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, to, which one do you want? <laughs> um, go with the role playing game first. All right, okay. So Green Ronin have teased a brand new role playing game that they're coming, out. and we have some pretty pretty artwork, which is on mm-hmm. the uh, EN World News Digest. Look there. It's called Swords of the Shadow Planet. 
And we don't have a lot much more information. <laughs> so they I haven't mean, got a good name. Yeah. So, they yeah. haven't given a release date because they said they're just saying it's when it's ready. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. it's very it's still in early development. Uh, and they haven't said anything about the system, like. But they've said the game system is one that Green Ronin hasn't used before. Right, so so it's it... not 5e, it's not Pathfinder, it's not Adventure Game Engine. Yeah. They haven't... It's not, not, not the D20 system or Mutants and Masterminds. Exactly. Uh, they haven't said if it's an original system or not, they just, they've just they just left it like that. Um, and they've described hmm. it as it's simple and direct, and yeah. So you and it's... Yeah, you can play a Neanderthal, uh, someone made rock, you can play a dinosaur, you can play yourself... Um, okay. There is magic in it, and that's what we know. So okay. that it, I mean, the artwork looks very cool. Mm. It's um, there's like a cool. There's two people, like one doing wizard. There's a giant bear screaming, and mm. someone with a gun and a sword cutting off a lizard person's head, whilst they all other lizard folk are towards them, going ah. And the lizard folks have mohawks. Um, mm. That's the artwork. So that's the vibe. And I'm, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that to see. What more news it comes? It sounds weird. Yes, I, am I like interested. weird. Yeah. yeah, I think that's kind of a what you can see kind uh, of thing. Yeah. It feels like pulp. Uh, yes. Yeah. So is, is it like a generic like, system, or is it like a, a more of a specific setting? At this point, it's not a generic system. Like not a generic system. Oh, okay. At this All point, right. but I think okay. it's very in early development stages. So who knows? Mm. But as we get more, we'll keep. Okay, cool, cool, so There's cool. some exciting game news. That's the sugar right. to make you take your medicine to learn about industry. The corporate. industry news. So, okay. Mayfair yeah. Games. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're a company that make games. And they shut down mm. in 2018. Asmodee bought their intellectual property. Thank you very much. Yeah. And then the trademark was kind of abandoned. And because it's been abandoned, Webbed Sphere have picked up the trademark and are now going to make games under the title of Mayfair Games. I've heard this story before. Have you? That's exactly what TSR did, isn't it? Oh, right, okay. Picked up an abandoned uh, trademark. No, it's not. This one, I understand, no. was done with the blessing of the previous it CEO is, of correct, that, but, former, but, but, yeah, It wasn't yeah. because he forgot to register the trademark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been allowed yeah. to lapse. But yeah, because yeah, yeah. the former CEO of Mayfair Games said, I'm happy to see Mayfair Games is coming back. I'm looking mm. forward to seeing what games are coming back. Yeah. So, they're yeah. Not, so it's, it's, not, it's not a TSR. Yeah. And WebSphere, they're a management holding company. Mm. And they have interests in other gamey things. There's an online retailer, Troll and Toad, and then there's a publisher, Toy Vault, uh, amongst other things. So they so, recently sold, if I recall correctly, um, what do you call it, to Rebellion? Um, 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 Flying um, Buffalo. Uh, uh, the company, um, oh, yeah, and the, the game, yeah, yeah, Tunnels and Trolls. Yeah. Oh yes. Which was made by Flying Buffalo. Yeah, that's mm. the one. Yeah. Okay. So yes, yeah, so they're they're doing things. That's your medicine. Okay. Enjoy. That's yeah. all from me. Do you have any other news? Any more news? Let me have a very quick look. So there's any more. Oh, any do news. you want to talk I about do... the survey? Yes, we should talk about the survey. Oh, yeah, That's a good okay, survey. Yeah. You talk about okay. that, Russ. Right. So, two surveys, in fact. Well, uh, should we say that for the topic of the week? Because actually, I feel like maybe that needs a bit of a deep dive. Or do you have. Or is that could be better when we've got the results, I think. You haven't got them yet? Okay. No, no yeah. Once, once we've got the results of the survey, that would make a good topic. Yeah. I, I would be very interested in hearing. So, yeah. yes. What, 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 what interim news can you give us? So basically, you remember, like years ago, I did the. Um, we mentioned this last week, actually. I said I was planning on doing right. it, and then I did it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but um, you said you were going to do it. They did. It didn't come as a surprise, me, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been yeah. spreading it across Mastodon, as is my want. 
Yeah, so basically I did a sort of like sort of survey. It wasn't really a survey back then. It was more just like I went to a lot of different companies' web pages and looked at what their freelance writing rates were and compiled them into a table. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was like seven or eight years ago or something, wasn't it? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, you know, that data is all out of date. Why don't we do it again? And I thought I'd adopt a different methodology here, partly because a lot of those rates you can't now get on people's websites. Mm-hmm. Like they generally stopped being published on websites. So what I did was, being aware that a lot of people might have signed NDAs or not be, or not feel comfortable sharing information about people they've worked with. Yeah. I did. I, I did. I did two things. One made it anonymous, but yeah. B said also don't name the publisher. Yeah. Okay. So all you're basically talking about is a unidentified job you've done. Yeah. This year. Yeah. And then just give the pay rate you got and answer a few other questions about it. But it's not about pointing at anybody, naming and shaming anybody like that. It's just getting the average figures and working yeah. out what the kind of amounts people are being paid at the moment um so that's how that works so so is it just for writers so i've got two surveys out at the moment okay first one is for writers and editors yeah and that basically asks you about per word rates and a few other things like what rights you kept and what the payment terms were and various things like that um and the other one is for artists and cartographers um, which kind of works similarly it's a it's a little more um, nuanced in the way the questions have asked because that's a little harder to you can't yeah. just give a per word rate on on that, but um, s- similar sort of thing though. Um, each one of them, you sort of you can take the survey multiple times because yeah. I, I sort of understand that people do 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 work. They wear for, many hats. Yeah, yeah, people work for different publishers. You know, it's, it's for freelancers. So yeah. you might have worked for like three or four different publishers this year on three or four different yeah. and in different capacities. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can take the survey multiple times for each job you did basically. All which, data. Yeah, which for someone who's done, you know, we are halfway through the year, for someone who's done like 30 pieces of art this year, mm. I do understand that's a little cumbersome. But, yeah. uh, it's just, I couldn't think of a better way to do that. No. Yeah. Um, you don't have to do all of them. You can just take some representative samples of some of the stuff you've done. Or, you know, this is, when it comes down to it, this, this is just information that I think might be useful for freelancers. Yeah. And indeed publishers, maybe even publishers as well, when they're yeah. trying to work out what's a fair rate to pay. Mm-hmm. So just to get an idea of what the industry average is what the norms are at the moment whether yeah, or not right. those norms are good or bad is another question entirely to be debated yeah. but this will factually tell you what the norms actually are right yeah, yeah and when when we get the results in like how long do people have to fill out the survey? i haven't given a deadline on it um the writer one is going faster than the um the writer one's got a few hundred people who've answered yeah. it so far oh, the art one has got um several dozen um yeah. so far then it did go out it did launch afterwards um yeah. So I'm probably going to wait until both of them have got sort of like 500 or so responses. And then, okay. and then I think that will be a decent sort of sample. All right, cool. And then we can talk about it on here, the results. Yeah, yeah we, can, yeah. we can go through the results. Because yeah, nice. I'm going to publish all the results publicly anyway. It's not oh, yeah, a secret. It's still yeah. going to be, you know, people can dive through them and, you know, play with the numbers and work out what conclusions they can work out from the figures or whatever. Yeah. It will be a fine addition to our corpus of work on um, the RPG industry. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, I think I think it's some sort of vaguely early conclusions, really, really early conclusions, and that was yeah. kind of the average pay rate at the moment for writers is looking at about, and obviously this might change, but once you get a certain number of answers, the stats don't really change that much. Mm. About nine cents a word, okay. give or take, at the moment. Yeah, so nine, nine, basically ten cents a word, which is up from Five. seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still not a lot. I think some people but not, when we first started, I remember it was three cents a word, and I was mm. actually shocked because it's mm. like yeah. But um, there are there were some answers, and of course we're not naming and shaming, and nobody's actually said yeah. who they are or yeah, given yeah. 
any publisher name, so I couldn't tell you who it was. But there were so, still some people pay, being paid half a cent a word or a cent a word. Ooh. But there's also a couple half of people yeah, being paid like 35 cents a word. For RPG writing. Yeah. And what I noticed on those was, because one of the questions was to sort of like just talk about, and it was an optional question, just what sort of publisher is it? Is it like a single person? Is it like a sort of industry leader? You know, just so you could get a sort of sense, categorise them a little bit in that sort of sense. The really, really high ones yeah. tended to be, as far as I can make out, single creator companies. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that makes a bit of sense to me because it's somebody that's maybe making a game for the love of it opposed to it being their main income. Yeah. So they're like, mm. I don't maybe, need yeah. high profit margins. The profit I yeah. get, I'm going to share with everybody that helps yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, I don't think... Yeah, I think I, I think I'll pay for such better sense of word. But um, I had the opportunity to pay for the people more. So. But we'll yeah. dive into that when we've got all the results and we'll do yeah. a whole topic on nice. it. Nice, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay, and I think we might be done for the news. Did you say there were two... Yeah, there was the writers. Oh, and the, oh, sorry. And there's the art. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant there was the. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, That's stuff. Uh, well, there's one that might be regarded as a bit topical. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game is called Search and Rescue. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, but don't worry, don't worry. It's not. It's not what you think it is. Okay. It's. Uh, it's. I, I quote: "A Kiwi Acres adventure for Mouse Ritter." That is not us. That, I know, I know. I was expecting something different as well. But yes, yeah, so, and the thing is, if you have a look at this, again, this is from Itch, and it is so cute. They have, like, um, uh, it's all very New Zealand-based, and you have your, like, uh, strong Twitara, dangerous possums, <laughs> and all sorts. They're just, and it's just not, all, because Mouse Ritter has, like, little cards that you use for your inventory, mm. um, it has, like, the tiniest little, cutest little Weapon and shield cards. I <laughs> just like, oh, and I don't know, the, the, art, the artwork, uh, like the header looks extremely cute. So I thought I would share that with you. Perhaps you don't care for cuteness. That's fine. I do care for but, cuteness. How do you? Oh, you care for cuteness. I do. Oh, I was talking to Russ. Okay. <laughs> but I I'm, hate cuteness. I, yeah. I think cuteness should be destroyed in all of its forms. Okay. I did have one thing to say, actually, uh-huh. um, as a follow up from last week. Yeah. I started playing Celesta. Crown of the Majesty, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, yeah. the yeah. unofficial 5e video yeah. game. No, it's, it's definitely... It's def- well, it's not, I like it. What, you're, it. You like it? I like it. I like it. Um, it reminds me a lot of the older Baldur's Gate stuff, more so okay. than the new Baldur's Gate does. Okay. Um, Funny. Um, and, yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I haven't got far into it, to be fair. I've yeah, just yeah. reached the outpost, fought some goblins, and then some flying drakey things. Yes, I know exactly where you are. Yeah, yeah. that's as far as I've gotten so far. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I, I mean, like I say, it, it, it's not everyone's going to like it, but it seems like Russ deduced what it's like and has seen seen. Point. I'm glad. I'm really, I'm really happy with it. And I don't have, I don't have a problem with the graphics at all. I think they're fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So there you go. Uh, that that that's like the most frequent criticism of it. That mm. it's very ugly. And I, I like. I don't think it's very. Ugly. I don't think it is. Some of the faces are a bit funny looking, but yeah, such as like. Yeah. There we are. I'm pleased to enjoy it. Oh, I should have put this in as a smooth and seamless segue after the bit where people are asking for opinions, because there's a product on, uh, there's an adventure on DM's Guild. It is called A Case of Mistasting Identity. Um, I know, right? Uh, you will be shocked, shocked, I say, to hear that it involves uh, chefs in the great culinary fight, but they're a murder, but one of the chefs has been murdered. And your party Moided. is your party moyed, yes. And mm. your party is trying to find out who it is. It's currently pay what you want, um, and 
the creator is apparently wanting some feedback. So if you fancy how you look and how you read and give them some feedback, it, it, it is available. Um, I thought it was quite an amusing little amusing concept, which is there are chefs, and if you want to go full Hell's Kitchen and do your best Gordon Ramsay impression, hmm. then the opportunity to get a very stroppy halfling, whack a couple of breads around someone, and says, what is this? It's an idiot sandwich. You can do that. Hmm. Good to know yeah. that I can live my yeah. dreams. I know, right? <laughs> anyway, right. That was my news. <laughs> I love the news. Thank you. You're very welcome. And behold, the dragon's lair within the mighty skull mountain. A volcano, no less. I can feel the heat even from... I hear the dragon bathes in the boiling lava. We have travelled far. Perhaps we should rest before we enter. Indeed. We need our wits about us. The dragon is not to be taken lightly. I have a map which should lead us to the secret door. From there, we can sneak into the dragon's lair undetected. The way will be treacherous, and should the dragon discover us... Toast? What? Do you want some toast? Uh, We should eat before we continue. Good thinking, my friend. We should fortify ourselves. Well, in that case, I have a flask of the finest dwarf spirits here. Let us drink to success and eat toast. I heard the dragon's fiery breath is hot enough to melt steel. And its claws are sharp enough to slice through rock. You say nothing of its mastery of the sorcerer's arts... You know... What is it, my friend? Is, um, is anyone else having second thoughts? Oh, I am so glad someone said it. I've had doubts since we left the Spiderlings Forest. I mean, the dragon is awfully big. And we are awfully small. Well, relatively speaking, of course. No, of course. Ah, but the treasure. Ah, yes. The fabled hall. And the goals to rebuild the Eighth Empire anew. Not to mention the magical... The swords... The grails, the rings. We heard the legendary fake queen Crystal Cobbler is there. And the staff of Adamantius, the greatest wizard to have ever lived. We must decide, my friend. Does the reward outweigh the danger? Now the sage back in Little Botherington estimated our chances of survival at 725 to 1. Wait! Something is happening! The great doors, they are opening. <laughs> we are discovered! The dragon is awakened and will surely destroy us. My friends, it has been an honour. If you got to go, go by dragon. That's what I always say. At the least it will be a worthy death. Quite a painful one, though. Very hot and spiky. Oh no, I see a shadow. Here it comes. I can barely bring myself to look. Me neither. Um... What is it, my friend? My gaze is averted. Is, is it the mighty serpent preparing to devour us whole? Well... Is it ready to roast us alive in white, hot dragon fire? Not, um, so much. What is it? What could possibly be worse? Uh, who, who who, said that uh, Archeloth the Red was, uh, was a dragon? Whatever do you mean? It is common knowledge. The subject of tales and songs all across the land. It's just that, um... It is just spit it out, man. Well, it's, it's, it's more like a... Like a... Uh, like a puppy. Like a puppy. What nonsense do you speak? The dragon's infernal magics have gotten to your mind. No, 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 really. It's a, it's a puppy. I shall bravely risk a glance. Oh, a puppy. What? You too? What devious trickery is it? Ooh, it's so cute. 
Here it comes. He's a good boy then. Oh, you want a tummy rub? I can see within the lair, the treasure hoard. Does it gleam? Does the gold shine? I see a, a, a tennis ball, three sticks and a chewed up cushion. What about the magical artifacts? The gems and jewels? The Fay Queen's goblet? I mean, unless that's a really special tennis ball, I fear the dragon's hoard may have been slightly exaggerated. Slightly exaggerated? We have travelled a league through forest and marsh and misty mountain, raved spiders and goblins and owls in search of the greatest treasure ever seen in the Nineteen Kingdoms only to find a puppy with a slightly soiled tennis ball. That appears to be the gist of it, yes. But what of the legends, the songs and the stories? I guess they got embellished. Embellished? You know how it is. These things take on a life of their own. I leave this. You know, a little enhancement, a few bells and whistles, a spot of uh, je ne sais quoi. A spot? Of je ne say quoi? I suppose our chances of survival have drastically improved. We'll see. I mean, there's always a silver lining. And the treasure, such as it is... Well, it is ours for the taking. Ugh. Fine, fine. I call dibs on the tennis ball. <laughs> Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right, don't forget... Patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now? Okay, so as I have been away, uh, I've have decided... You? Yes, you, you missed really? me. You acknowledged it in the previous one. I'm sure that did not happen. <laughs> I listened to it. Don't both pretend you're cool now. <laughs> I know you missed me. Anyway, so I was away, and I've been thinking, I was thinking about a topic we talk about, and I there was a TikTok video, and I should really look at the person's name to credit them. I'll put the, them in the show notes so I don't have it to hand now. Yeah. But there was a discussion going on about yeah. can the GM cheat in a game, mm. which is an interesting concept, and I wanted us to talk about it, because yeah. this was around the idea of the rules versus the story. And this was talked about in the context of D&D, 5th edition. Yep. So, but obviously we can widen the conversation to difference. Yep. But this was around the fact that if a GM rolls a number and something should happen and they change, choose to change that because it's better for the story in some way, is yep. that cheating? All right, I've got a good way to start this. Okay. We've got to be honest. Yep. Do you do that as a GM? Peter, do you do that? I arrange it so it's impossible for me to do that. Okay. I, um, oh yeah, this is, and that, that was the other roll in the open roll plans. I don't roll if I know what I want the outcome to be. Okay. But I, I definitely. I've been using quite rules like, I haven't run D&D, so I use quite rules like systems where yeah. when you roll is a bit more freeform. Yeah. So sometimes I will just tell you what is happening. Yeah. I definitely cheat as a GM. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. But is it, che- why do you do it? 
because I think it makes it a better game. Yeah. I'm trying to create an experience, mm-hmm. and if I need some tension there, I'll, I'll fiddle it a bit to put a bit of tension there. So, so if I need something needs to move on quickly because it's starting to get a bit stale or boring, yeah. I'll fiddle it a bit to end to end to end it quickly. So you that know? the baddies yeah. die earlier. Yeah. Alright. And I guess Would you kill a player it, off earlier. It's all about the mood at the table and making sure that you know, everybody's having fun. Yeah. But some... Would you kill a player character off earlier? What else, sorry? Would you kill a player character off earlier? No, because I think that takes away from the players. No. That's that's being mean. Ooh. That's different. Yes. That's I, different. I, and that sort of reverses the question and tells us a lot about what's going on. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think vindictive. Why? <laughs> why is that different from the other thing? Like, where's the line in that? Hmm. It's just what feels right, isn't it? It's just Ooh. like I, I guess the line is going to be different for everybody. Yeah. Um, and it also depends very much, I think, on the social contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, you no, know, some people might sit down at a table and they've all kind of pretty much agreed we play our style of playing mm-hmm. that we like to play as a group is a rules as written, roll in the open, completely by the book. That's how we like to play. Mm-hmm. And in that case, if that's the agreement and that's the social contract that you as a group have got and the GM then mm-hmm. fiddles some stuff, I guess the GM is cheating. But yeah. if, on the other hand, you've sat down and you've all pretty much agreed that you like playing it fast and loose and you're perfectly fine, all the players are perfectly fine with the GM playing like that and that's all, everyone's cool with that, then it's not cheating. It's just... I, I mean, I agree with you, but I've, I always do session zeros for things, and never once in my session yeah. zeros has this topic occurred. I have Not never in, and I've been roleplaying for over a decade, and I do session zeros for a lot of my games, because a lot of them have mm. content that could be triggering for people, so we go through lines and veils and safety, blah, yeah. blah, blah, but I've never brought that up, and no one else around me ever has. I think yeah. everyone, it's one of those things where everyone just has their own assumption of what's okay, and we don't sure. talk about it, and maybe that's why it's causing these arguments. And I guess I think, if a GM cheats well, you don't know they're doing it anyway, so yeah, it doesn't come up. Um, like you've probably done more session zeros than I have at that rate, uh, but I uh, I haven't had it come up for me either. Mm. And it's like it's almost sort of a non-existent question because yeah. whilst it is true to say that the GM is a player in the game, mm-hmm. it's also not true. Okay, because the GM isn't playing against the players. Yeah, like the GM isn't. Like, well, they shouldn't be. Trying to, uh, yeah. Well, it, it is regarded as... Like, I think if a GM was playing against the players, the GM's won pretty much. I mean... Yeah. I've had that experience in a game, though. I've had the experience no, where you, somebody was... Yeah. Um, the GM, very much, it felt like they wanted to win and their goal was to kind of kin us all off and that was them doing their job well. But surely the GM can kill you off really, really easy. Yes, and therein lay the problem, Russ. You walk around the corner, you see 17 Tarasks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Job done. And this was the yeah. issue, and I just felt like, why are we doing this? Like, mm. what? Yeah. Um, so so you yeah. would describe, it feels like, that sort of play experience has... I felt like an ant being played with by a child that has a, uh, a you know, a, what's it called? A magnifying a glass. A set, but yeah. you see the difference there, though. That is not cheating, but in my mind is definitely worse. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that is mm. completely within the rules of most role-playing that's games. True. The GM can um, introduce any scenario or scene they wish. Yeah. And if the GM says there are seven to ask there, there are seven to ask yeah. there, and that's not cheating. That's yeah. perfectly within the rules yeah. of what the so, GM... So and that would annoy me is, more. But sorry, Peter. But... Yeah, yeah. Is this something that players can do? Is there a role-playing game where players can introduce this... Uh, can introduce new scenes and new things. But yeah, loads. Like, loads of narrative. Like, to, an obvious one that yeah. comes up for me is Ten Candles, where 
the GM rolls to gain narrative control of the scene, not whether or not something succeeds. Yeah. So at the beginning of the game, the players are describing everything. Yeah. Is it Feng Shui that kind of did that first? I can tell you who did it first. Maybe. Exalted was my first experience where you could spend meta currency to bring stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it might have been. Mm. Um, oh, well, let's just look at the dates then. I'm going to look at Feng Shui. So, Feng Shui, Robin Laws, of course, in 96. Mm. When was Exalted? Ooh. Uh, this would have been... The internet. Say... Using... Yeah, uh, I think it might have been Yeah, 2001. Good. So, yeah, Feng Shui would have... Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it might have been Feng Shui. I mean, there might be examples of it beforehand. Yeah. I'm not going to say yeah, for sure. sure it was. But my Definitely first... Definitely Yeah, my first sort of... First time I kind of realised that was a thing. Yeah. Was but, Feng Shui, when Robin Laws did it in that. But you get you get down to stuff like Fiasco, which many people confidently yeah. assure me is a role playing game. It is a role playing game. Think, I'm like, <laughs> sure, you play roles in it, but is it a role playing game? Yes. I'm less convinced. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. Um, again, we'll have to agree to disagree, and lots of people. Well, will be what like, is oh, it? Peter's it's just not. An a, idiot. It's not a hat, is it? It's a game with role playing. Yeah. Yes. Obviously, the choices are: it must be either a role playing game or a hat. And if it's not a hat, then it's a role playing game. You have defeated me. I, uh, you I could put it on your head. <laughs> That's true. I have a copy on my shelf. I can do that with right now. So, so, so you could you could treat Fiasco has both a hat and a role playing game. Mm-hmm. And I would say the <laughs> like this, this is this is true. Um, I think it's an excellent game, and you play roles in it. But I'm not sure what it is. But for me, I don't really. So just because it's GMless, I don't know. It's like because there's a lot of GMless role playing games as well. It that's just feels like it. it feels like a board game, which is like mm. turned into a role playing game. It feels like, nothing like wrong it. With J- well, that, that's my experience of it. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe yeah, yeah, sure. So like nothing wrong with Jason Morningstar's work. It's really good um, at what it does, and it set it, it achieves its design aims completely. But for me, I always find that a bit incongruous. Would you, say, would you say, I know it's slightly off topic, but I just think it's interesting. So would you say you feel it's more like doing amateur dramatics with prompts than a role-playing game? Uh, yeah, sort of in the... Like it an improv is a, a structured improvisational story creation device. Uh-huh. And it's like then people get to ask, well, what's the difference between that and a role-playing game? I'm like, well, yeah, what is a role-playing game? And the other is that thing that I just said, and they mm. are not the same, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, it, 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 I, I can see why maybe it's like my perception like of the games isn't wide enough. Mm. feels like a gradient yeah. to me. Yeah. But at yeah. one end, you've basically got, like, when kids play, like, Cops and Robbers or whatever. Playing pretend. Mm. Which yeah. is essentially and, a free-form live-action role-play. Yeah. yeah. And then right at the other end, you've got really, really heavy, rules-heavy, yeah. simulationist role-playing games yeah. where, like, every, every yeah. you know, inch is... Is, is yeah. calculated, yeah. and then um, everything like is going forward. Like a strategic yeah. war game. Which, yeah. Which, yeah. Which, I was going to say, exactly, which leads into mm. the strategic war game, and that sort of mm. real simulation is real down to the thing, mm. where you are playing the part of a general. Mm. Um, and, then, and then this fiasco, I guess, falls into that scale somewhere. Yeah. It's just where you where you draw the line at where role-playing start, role game starts, and, and I guess. Yeah, I guess it's my emotional experience of it. It's yeah. not that of a role-playing game. It's like my emotional experience is that of playing a board yeah, game. Perhaps enough. that's because of how I was primed to experience it by the people I'm sitting around with, yeah. but yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just yeah. an interesting because for me, Fiasco is very much a role-playing game because for me, the core of role-playing games is mm. more on that amateur dramatic side of the things. Mm. Like, of course, there's rules to facilitate it, but in my mind, yeah. role-playing games are like when we were kids playing pretend. 
Uh, mm. But the rules we have are structures. Because, you know, when you're kids and you have that moment, it's like, bang, I shot you. And this was like, no, you mm. didn't. And I was like, well, we need and a resolution mechanic for this. To, yeah, 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 uh, and yeah, that's, yeah. to me, yeah. what role-playing games are. It's a way I can yeah. sit around and play pretend with my friends. And we do have some rules to for agreements. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was interesting. But we, we, we have segued away from the there. GM yeah, cheating. Yeah, yeah. So the GM, if they were a kid in the playground, would be the cheating. Would be the kid going, "No, you didn't shoot me." <laughs> in that example. Well, well, that would be someone who's breaking a social contract mm-hmm. of your game yeah. to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure a GM can meaningfully cheat. Mm-hmm. What are the different ways then in which a GM could cheat? So. One way is obviously fudging dice rolls. That's the obvious yes. way. Fudging hit points. Yeah. Yes. Like uh, just having the monsters die when it's right. Mm-hmm. Well, automatically declaring that a thing happens, which I know you've just said you've done, so I'm trying to be careful about saying this, but that can be a problem because that is on the same gradient as people who aren't so much GMing as writing a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying like, that's what you're doing. Yeah, but, no, uh, it, yeah. that's a valid, it's a valid thing to say. Yeah. It, it, it is a comparison that springs to mind for me. Yeah, mm. I think a lot of this thing is what is your motive for doing it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if your motive is right, this this fight has been going on for 45 minutes. It needs to end yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I, are, I'm going to fudge it a bit to make that happen. Yeah, you're facilitating an, uh, some some sort of ending to mm. what's going on, uh, which relies upon you being aware of what the players are feeling and where. And what your group's in tune with, and what their expectations. Mm. Oh, where are they? Are they bored now? Mm. Are they still having fun? Are you bored? Is that the problem? Yeah, that's yeah, what I was. I was going to say because I do agree that the GM's motivation does matter as to why they are cheating. I say with you know, yeah, uh, yeah. in in, um, in captions, but yeah. it kind of doesn't because even if you have good intentions, sometimes the way somebody picks that up could yeah. be very negative. Like you, you, you can do that socially, even outside a role playing game. I could say something, not meaning it to be rude. But yeah. somebody else takes it that way, and you know, mm. yeah, I think how how the players perceive it does matter as well. Yeah, yeah, because you like you uh, say, you could end a fight, a big epic fight, thinking, oh, yeah. this is going on too long. I'm just gonna either fudge the numbers, like you said, or I'm just gonna lower the hit points by X amount so yeah. it's easier done. And like a player, then if it ends quicker, might feel like, oh, I feel a bit cheated by it because we're doing this big epic fight and we're taking ages and we had all this stuff, and that's just been kind of taken away from me. So it feels like a hollow victory. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I that is yes. just kind of case-by-case judgment, though, isn't it? Yeah. Which is yeah. why it's so course, tricky. Of course you can get things wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah. I mean, you could even have it so that even a reaction afterwards can actually make it worse. Like, I was running a D&D module, and they'd fought their way through, like, kobolds who had NPC classes, because that was funny for me. And then they come up to the dragon itself, and I was thinking, okay, it'll be quite good fun, they're fighting a dragon. And they went, womp, and completely destroyed it, having mm. conserved conserved all their like toughest spells for just this occasion. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess you, you beat it then, and it felt quite anticlimactic. And they were like, oh, well, actually, we felt mm. really good, but now because you feel like it was anticlimactic, we now feel sad about it ourselves. It's like, oh, yeah, that was not, that was not some... Because it's like that asymmetry of how people are experiencing it at the table can be pretty... pretty so is that not a, a situation where you would be tempted to fudge things to make that a more dramatic, interesting encounter for the players? I would. Um, well, like... Um, that's, I definitely would, 100%. I, 
well, that, 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 that sort of thing. Like, um, I am experimenting with the scenarios written, which is mm-hmm. I want to try and have it set beforehand. Yeah. And to be fair, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. they had fought their way through a gatehouse guarded with a significant number of kobolds who were putting a significant amount of trap shenanigans, to mm. put it mildly, like smoke, oil on fire pouring down the stairs, like having to run down the stairs to avoid the large barrel of oil heading towards mm. them, the, the barrels breaking, and then having to fight their way up the slippery slopes. Mm. The oil then being set on fire and having to fight. It was, I, I, I quite enjoyed it, but it like yeah, was like a really tough fight, so... Then dra- would it would it have like just dragged it out? Because I would probably have enjoyed it more if the dragon had you know pushed it a bit further. Mm. But it didn't feel right because they had they had played it specifically to be able to do that and to be able to say. I think a lot of this just no. is reading the room though, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, this was online, so it was but, super hard. But, to do. but that oh, right, that yeah. can go wrong as well because I've been a player in a GM that that, that did this and they well what they did actually was really good is after the scenario they said this is what I did and why so we talked about it which is is good as well but it was using World of Darkness system and um, so you're rolling d10s and it's 8, 9s and 10s or successes uh, and I was rolling 10 dice and I didn't I frequently did this and got zero successes and this was happening frequently throughout the campaign I was meant to be playing like it was like a Buffy dupe game and I was meant to be playing the Slayer so it meant to be really impressive couldn't hit a fly and that was the oh, whole thing no. and and so because of this rolling the gm had written the big bad at the end scene to be of a certain level of hit points that like well jess realistically needs to be able to roll something to kill this thing and uh, so the last so they they like and th- this was their own scenario so they wrote it a certain way then the first round of that fight i rolled and i actually rolled a reasonable amount that you would expect with rolling yeah. that number of dice that I had, and I absolutely smashed it. This, this, the bad guy, uh, and mm. they, they in them, I went, oh gosh, I did make this too easy. Maybe I did, you know, thinking about Jess rolling badly. So in on the fly, they bumped up the stats, mm. and then I couldn't hit the thing again because then I went back to yeah. my usual rolling, and then yeah. in the yeah. end, they had to change it. So moving it on the fly can be tricky. And afterwards, they came out and they said, this is what I did, and it was all fine. Yeah. No one felt bad about it, but. I guess that can be the issue with changing things on the fly as well, is you can misjudge it in yeah. that way. But Well, other things you could change on the fly, right? So you're running an adventure, mm-hmm. a yeah. published adventure. Yeah. So you you're so, so playing D&D. So you're playing D&D, you're running, I don't know, Curse of Strahd or something. Yeah. You're running yeah. through the adventure. Mm-hmm. And I'm not so much saying change just the hit points of something, but literally changing the encounters to match. So you're not running the... So I'm not saying you're not... You're not I'm not saying you're breaking rules, but I'm saying you're not running the adventure as well. Is that cheating? It depends how you change it. Because if you completely change the tone and vibe of the game, then that's... I don't know I'm if I'm thinking about a smaller scale. Like, sort of... I don't know if I'm calling it cheating, but because if I was going into a game expecting it to be like a horror game with vampires and things like that, and suddenly you're like, this is going to be a space game. Yeah, no, that's game. playing a different game. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's playing a different game. That's if, not if what I mean. If, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, well, you go into a room and the adventure says um, there are two vampires spawn and a zombie in there. And you change that to a um, a mimic or something. For whatever reason in your judgment you did that, yeah. you thought that would make a bad game. Yeah. Is that cheating? Or should you always say, wait, it says there's two vampires drawn and a mummy in this in this in this um, room, so that's what's in there. I I mean, even adventurously mm-hmm. recognises that you're gonna to have to customize it to your group. Okay. So how is that different to changing hit points in uh, monster? 
well, often that's one of the things you can do. You mm. can change the hit points of the monster. It's whether you're doing it on the fly mm. in the battle or if you do it before. So why is that? Ah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just a time. Yeah, and it's just for It's just, it's just whether you thought to do it or not. Yeah. It is like, you know, have, have, you, have you arranged it beforehand? Or is it like, you know, uh, because, well, if you're doing it beforehand, then you are acting as um, like a referee setting up a challenge, mm-hmm. uh, which they can then engage with. Mm-hmm. If you start fiddling around with it mid challenge, then you're adjusting the challenge on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um,. I don't know. That's sort of like that. That that to me goes outside the social. I could if you realised you've messed up with the challenge. Yeah, you've made a uh, mistake, indeed. and the challenge yeah. is too dangerous, and you're going to get a TPK, and everyone's yeah. going to have a really bad time. Yep. So you change that on the uh, fly. Then well, you realise uh, I've made a mistake. I've got it wrong. This is this is too well, hard an encounter. And there there are various things you can do. For instance, you might not play to the very best of your ability. Okay, is that cheating? But, like making monsters That's... just not use their abilities correctly, is that? Yeah, I, I mean, they, they, would a monster use all of its abilities every time to its absolute fullest? It would do, like, do it If it was fighting to the death, yeah. it would. Yeah. Like if it was a life might, or death might, situation, it would throw everything at the wall. It wouldn't necessarily yeah. be the optimal strategist at all times, but no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like for an optimal, I mean, it's something that we that uh, you might see in say like some versions of computer games which people are implementing D&D in, mm-hmm. where the computer will target players that have gone onto the ground. Mm-hmm. And for some groups, this is, yeah, that's just how the game is played. And for others, this is like the, oh, how very day. Mm-hmm. Um, like, counterspelling a, he- counterspelling a healing spell, for example. But it's also uh, for, for, for some, this is like, yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense. I'm done with it. Difference for between... us, this is, this is not how the game is it's played. It's the motivation thing, though, isn't it? It's like the difference no. between cheating and being a dick. Because yeah. you don't want to be the latter, definitely. Yeah. No, no. But, um, but some, well, some people it's just like, feel... Is it you or is it the villain? Well, it is you. It's you and some other people like sitting around that table. That sounds like the players have when they do something stupid as their character and they go, but it's what my player would do. I'm like, you made your character. That's what my character would yeah. do, Ethan. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so we're agreed mm-hmm. then that if you got a low-level party, a wolf accidentally crits the wizard. The rest of all shouldn't like um, snarl at the players as they drag the wizard player's body off into the off into the undergrowth to devour, which is very much what wolves would do. So we think that's a poor, poor mode of GM. I, well. I don't think it's a fun way to play. I think it's more new. It depends. Probably. If you're playing yeah. a horror one-shot and you had a load of characters Ooh. and we're like, guys, yeah, your characters are going to die. Yeah. Here are that your backup characters. That, yeah. When one of your characters dies, I'll throw another one I in. I died three times yeah. in <laughs> one game session. Yeah. And I was playing... What was I playing? Oh, it was that Space little thing. indie game. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Into the Dark. It was like two weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three yeah. times oh. in one game session. And that was yeah, and it sounds. I had to play three. Oh, I, di- I had to play three different characters. So I was like playing. Then I played. A, then I played someone's spare character. Then I had to play an NPC because. <laughs> <laughs> and it and again, it doesn't sound like you're mad about that. So that's fine. Not at all. But in another situation, if you're starting a campaign and you've spent a long time creating characters and doing backstories, and that happens in session one, oh. that's probably going to mm. hit different, actually. Mm. Yeah. But I. I, mean, I don't think... Yeah, yeah it's very different from a one-shot where I spent literally two minutes making the character. Yeah. I really don't feel it is cheating when you pull punches as a GM through all the messes we said, which is fudging dice rolls, uh, changing the hit points, or changing the 
antagonist's behavior to modify it mm. if it gives people a better yeah. example an example i have is when i played a game with my six-year-old niece uh mm. <laughs> so um her cat she was she wasn't making the most optimal choices because she is a six-year-old child funnily yeah. enough and yeah. if i'd done as the rule said she was gonna her character was gonna die and do this thing and i was like I don't mm. think she's going to find that fun because she's six years yeah. old and she's so I so I completely fudged it. So she still survived. And um, yeah. then later, my other nephew, who is uh, older than her, he's like 11, came to me and he was mm. like, oh, that's really weird that this happened because he's got a notebook writing everything down, like figuring out the maths of the game because mm. I'm making a nerd. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, that's weird because uh, I don't think this would happen. And I said to him, yeah, normally that would happen, but I chose to make the game different because otherwise that would have killed your sister. I think that would have made her upset. And then he was like, oh yeah. And then he was fine with it. Even though he had spent mm. time behind yeah. the scenes figuring out the maths and doing yeah. that stuff, he still didn't feel that he was being cheated, you know, in some way by but that. That's the reading the room thing again, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. Like, I'm reading the room, I'm playing with a six-year-old girl. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You're gonna, I'm going to do this differently. like it to be a positive yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, so, so it's like, it seems pretty, pretty happy that people like, well, actually, making things weaker on the fly is perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. For me, I definitely um, think that. Yeah, I think so, yeah. But, I, but there's yeah. a lot of people that really but strongly see, disagree. But making it harder on the fly, that seems to be something that's not acceptable. No, I, th- oh, I, think, no, I think it is. Yeah. I think it is as well. Oh, well, you, you told me about your Buffy experience where it was like, um, I tried to hit, I managed to hit it for a change, I lumped it. Yeah. And then I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that was the wrong thing to do because I think as a GM I would do the exact same thing. If this was the epic showdown and you're going to kill it in two shots, that's not yeah. an epic showdown. Like you know, yeah, so it's not satisfying. When does yeah. the villain have a time to do their monologue? Especially because it was like a Buffy style one, so you know the villain was. But, but, you know, but then again, I can't see the other side of that. Is if you if it is quite a tactical game. Yeah. And the yeah. players have prepared so well, like, and like the Spycraft. reason that. Yeah, the reason that they managed to kill the villain really, really quickly is due to their preparation and planning. Of course, mm-hmm. you then want to reward that. Yes. Yeah. So um, their, vi- their their pleasure will be out of doing it in one round because okay, we only did it in one round because we planned all this perfectly yeah. and it went according to plan. It's like an Ocean's Eleven heist. It all just... Yeah, boom. exactly, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, I think they call it like competence porn, don't they? It's like, it's yeah. kind of... Ooh. Yeah. yeah. And everything works because yeah. of like just the mass amounts yeah. of people. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, I think it is very yeah. nuanced. Um I wouldn't yeah, like you just said, it's so situational. Yeah. But I don't think I would ever say a GM has cheated because they've done that. I might say the GM made the wrong call because of a situation, yeah. but I don't think mm. but we can all do that as GMs. I think we've all run a game yeah. and been like uh, I probably should have done that actually. That would have been better. Like who can mm. who can say they haven't run a game R- and that's been the case? Reflective practice is very important. Just think, okay, so I did that. What did I do well? What did I do badly? What could I do better next time? But there was something you said earlier, Russ, which mm-hmm. I'd like to pick up on. You said like it was important to reward the player for doing something well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, they put, they've invested into it. They've rolled dice. They've succeeded. And you want to reward them. Mm-hmm. So is there some way that the players reward the GM, or do rewards only flow one oh, way? That's difficult. I think it's a good question. Um, yeah, sorry, it just, it's just literally occurred to me from what you said. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Okay, I, I think different GMs get different things out of running games. Um, yeah, yeah. Some like being the spotlight, 
Some really like watching players role play. Some really enjoy running awesome tactical encounters. You know, different, not just like different players get different things out of games. So do different GMs. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but it's, it's that explicit connection yeah. where the GM says, you have done something I wish to reward you. Mm. Is that this, this feels like a one way street. I, sure. I have some thoughts. D- does that new? Yeah. Makes it, yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think um, the reward for me as a GM is that yeah. it because you can spend some time preparing and getting things ready, and if people acknowledge yeah. that you've done that, the reward is creating a character that wants to engage with that thing and making your character engage with it. Because as a GM, there's nothing worse yeah. than you've made, I don't know, an encounter, uh, a place, or a scenario. Yeah. You've written a beautifully written yeah. world. It's got everything. And, you know, and someone says, oh, well, I'd like to play a Dark Elf Ranger. His name's Riz, and he's got uh, a pair of swords. Yeah, Where is this coming from? I don't have Dark Elves in my world. People... I'll play a tiefling. I don't have those yeah, people either. that don't want to Sorry. engage with your yeah. encounter feels very yeah. unsatisfying as a GM, because you're kind of yeah. like, it's kind of like you've hit a tennis ball at somebody and you want them to hit it back, and if they don't hit it back, mm. you're like, oh, yeah. okay. So I think the reward... Uh, if you're a player enjoying someone's campaign... Satisfaction in, of a job well done. Kind of, yeah. I think the reward... Of, the way a player can reward a GM by um, engaging with the things the GM has made and just being very yes and. Yes. That yeah, is yeah. that I is how... Yeah, yes anding is, is important. Yeah, that is how a player rewards a GM, I think. Yeah. So, so, so a GM is definitely a different class of player. Well, yeah. they've got a different role in the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah the GM... Cheating. I don't. I don't know if I agree. That's like, possible. They 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 can't be rewarded. So their rewards come from elsewhere, which is the social appreciation okay. of them. Yeah. So like like I say, I mean, it's like I don't know if it's meaningful. I mean, it's mean. It's definitely possible for a GM to break the rules and run the game badly. Mm-hmm. But often it's it seems almost required for the GM to break the rules to run the game well. Yeah. But the feedback mechanism to let your GM know that they're doing it well is not an immediate one. Uh, it's reading the room again, isn't it? It's it's so Ooh. intangible mm-hmm. that when you know it's going well, you know it's going well. I think you can tell. I have I mean not all right, not always. Not everybody reads the room perfectly all the time. But I think generally speaking, people can tell when things are going well and when yeah. things are not. I generally right. I also So so we're so we're putting a sort of a, a hidden gate into what makes a good GM by saying that only people who are good at social skills, like reading a room, should be GM. Didn't say that at all, Peter. You, you completely put I those mean, words into my mouth there. <laughs> those were not well, my well, words, they were yours. That, those, those are not your words. <laughs> or, by the way, my words, my meaning, or anything, all no, my thoughts. No, no. I mean, but it's like, it, it's not something that I necessarily disagree with, but it's like an unquestioned assumption, and that's sort of what I'm doing. And like saying, Yes, Russ is right, but what is the meaning of this? It means that actually it is harder to, if you cannot read the room. I, can't read the room. I think possibly people, like I said, different GMs get different things yeah, out of games I'm, I'm and not, have I'm different skills that, and they'll just want a different type of game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that you believe this and this is something that's like massive, but it's like something that if you question the assumption, maybe something can be found to maybe try and work around it. Because if you don't know that a problem is there, then how do you get around it? Yeah, so, that, yeah, but, I think you're right. But that, but that GM room is very important. maybe isn't as good at reading yeah. the room as the person sitting next to them might be amazing at tactical encounters. 
you know, it's different skills. It's, we're, just, we're just talking about one at the moment, but there are other skills Absolutely. which are important, yeah. and yeah, you know, people people are different. I, I, Definitely. I think it's those different skills which all make for all these different games, yeah. these mm-hmm. different bikes and yeah. dislikes and so forth. One one thing I will say, if if because uh, we're talking about GMs cheating, and mm-hmm. I think if you'd ask us, and most people I know that you'd ask, if you ask them about their worst or a bad role playing experience they've had, I think it's very rare that someone will say oh, I found out the GM fudged the number on the monster at the end. I think it's very mm. unlikely that will be the bad role-playing experience people have had. Usually it's be- somebody has broken a consent boundary or broken a social contract or an agreement in the game that usually is what makes things yeah, bad. Or, I, I understand or an adversarial saying. GM yeah. is, yeah. Or, but, you know, finding out that uh, a GM has arbitrarily set the difficulty of a task or the arm class of a monster to... Be like you know specifically for D and D, but there are other games sure. as well, like Savage Worlds, where you could like if I set the difficulty of a task, target number of tasks in Savage Worlds to twelve, mm-hmm. and I know because I've written your character that your biggest dice is a D eight, mm-hmm. you are not likely to succeed on that task. Mm-hmm. Like you're running a yeah. D eight and D six, dice explode, but still you are not likely to succeed on this task. Mm-hmm. Like the odds are in the very small region of the Bellcroft. You might still do. If I set it to fifty, if you if you roll twelve, I'm like actually that was fifteen that you needed. That that's that that sort of setting it so you're making a roll, but it's not actually one you're going to succeed. Mm-hmm. That again feels like cheating. I, I'm going to come in and what say I think it, it depends because if I found out you'd done Ooh. that in a game, I'd what Russ said earlier about intent would really matter because maybe Peter, you've set yeah. up an encounter for us that we're meant to in the story fail. So we'll go away and lick our wounds yeah. and come back stronger, and that's part of our hero right. journey. I wouldn't be yeah. mad about that then, because actually, so yeah, a really, really silly example. It's a door, right? It's a really simple example. Yeah, and it's important <laughs> that at this stage in the story, the 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 players <laughs> can't get through this door. Yeah. So you yeah. you set the DC basically at a number that they're not going to be able to get. So, in your example, say you set it at 15, because you know that they can't possibly do that. That door will remain locked. They'll have to go a different way. Yeah. Um, so, if you if you set it at 12, and then you realise, oh, Hank, it's really important they don't get through this door, because it will derail yeah. the entire thing. You still think it's wrong to change it up to 15. Because in your in your mind, basically, it's a door that's not supposed to be got through. The number's almost irrelevant. I, I'm going to say, if they can't, if they're not going to be open the door, mm. I say you're not going to be open the door. It's impossible I, for you to yeah. open. And I say, you don't roll, which for a lot of people is a big problem. I'm nodding. Yeah, that's exactly there. what I do. If yeah. it's not possible for you to do something, don't make somebody roll for it. Because mm. it's like giving them false hope. Yeah. It's like, because mm. yeah. especially in D&D, like there's always, you can get a natural 20. There's always a chance you can do the thing, no matter how yeah. disadvantaged you are. If there is no chance I can do the thing, don't let me roll. Mm. Just, just we can role play it. Like, like Peter was saying, you could say, "Yeah, you try, but it's just not opening. It's not possible." And they go, "Oh, can I roll?" And you'll say, "I'm going to stop you there." But then you, you will get the certain types of players that will say, "Well, according to the rules, I, you know, you, you, you can't just do that. It's got to have a difficulty number, and I've got to make a roll." So then, at that point, you just say, "Yes, okay, the difficulty number is," and then pick a number oh, that's higher. Than no, that's roll. not. That's <laughs> not <laughs> how I would respond to that. I'd be like, "Okay, that this is not the way I'm, I'm running the game. I understand yeah. maybe my style of game isn't for you." I don't think I'm ever going to no. have someone like that at my table. Though. Oh, that's so, that's, <laughs> like, that's, that's yeah. so, that's, again, that's going back to social contracts. Yes, back, it is. It? Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 Maybe we should like look at making a series of questions. Like I know the same page to checklist has been very yeah. handy, but like just some simple questions like 
should a player always be able to roll? Mm. I think that's the sort of thing that would be actually be quite useful to discuss as a session zero. Yeah, mm. I'm, th- I'm thinking about it now we've talked about it, and especially because I do a lot of freeform narrative games where it's not clear when you mm. do or don't roll. I think it should oh, be really yeah, important yeah, yeah. for me to say, actually, sometimes I'm not going to have you roll, things are just going to happen. And generally when I make things happen, it's never about uh, other players' choices, it's things in the world and the way the world reacts uh, to them. So I don't ever make choices yeah. from for other players or characters because I think that would be to say your character goes mm. and does this because oh, no, that no, would be that. that would no. not be a good thing to do. Not, yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah. Um, um yeah, I mean certainly I feel like we're in danger of straying over into territory of talking about railroading. Yeah, I was about which, to say that exact thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're starting yeah, yeah. to move yeah, but I, and and I will say my experience is that players often enjoy a good railroad, oh, yeah. so long as so long as they feel like they're enjoying the journey and are on the I way think, to destination, they're like, yeah, railroad I is think fine. The, rail, the word railroad it gets a bad rap, mm-hmm. and uh, yes. to an extent, it is a valid tool mm-hmm. in the GM yeah, toolbox. Yeah, I mean, a dungeon is essentially a railroad. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a conception. Hmm. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, it depends how complex it is, but yeah, generally, yeah. And yeah. I wonder if you'd count this as railroading, but it's the thing I do, is if I have an encounter oh. in mind for you to meet yeah. a specific NPC, for example, they were going to be at location A, and for whatever reason the players don't go to location B, they just have to go to location B, guess where the NPC is now? They happen to be at location B. Yeah, the, the, uh, bear, the bear is uh, down both the left and the right exactly. corridors. Exactly, yeah, and that, I do that. Yeah, the, the quantum yeah. ogre. Hmm. Yes. And... Would no. that be considered railroading? Technically, yes, but I, I don't I mean, think it's, it's a. Gonna depend. I don't. I don't think it's a GMing crime. Or I don't. I don't. Think yeah. so. like, as long no. as it makes sense, well, well, like well, I'm not like at the bottom mm. of the sea. There is a grizzly bear now. <laughs> I'm like you know because because some games <laughs> right. There's another way to look at that. Some games <laughs> yeah. are defined location wise. Yeah. This NPC yeah. is in this location. You turn left, you meet this NPC. Yeah. Some games are defined scene wise. So scene two yeah. is you meet the. The, the wizard. Yeah. So wherever you are, that's where scene two happens. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's just a different way of structuring a game. The yeah, scene. It's just your vibe. Yeah, yeah. About where where the beat, like you know how gridded is your brain mm. about this stuff? Like, is the actual location that important? Um. So going going back to your grizzly mm-hmm. bear thing, if they if if you if you present your players with a choice and go in the right corner, they're like, well, isn't that a lot of like bear poo and some skulls and bones and so mm. forth if we go right how about we go left towards the field of fluffy bunnies mm. and then the grizzly bears in the field of fluffy bunnies that is robbing them of agents that does feel yeah so that feels a little like cheating. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, that, and that's what people mean about mm. railroading yeah. generally they're talking about badly done railroading where you put the signposts up they've made the best decision they can based on the information but, but it makes no difference you have betrayed yeah, their yeah. trust you're not yeah. rewarding yeah. their good their agency. Yeah, you're, 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 well, I mean, you're playing D&D. Surely combat is what you want to be doing. Okay, so what about this situation then? Yeah. So you're playing a game and you've got 45 minutes left in the session. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I don't have much left prepared. Really what I need now is a combat encounter to finish off the session. Preferably one that will give them enough XP so that they can go up a level. That's kind of what mm-hmm. I need now. They come to yeah. a junction and you're like, right, I, oh, this, this combat, this bear is the right... CR for this encounter, this will work perfectly. It will last about 45 minutes, gives them the right yeah. amount of XP. Perfect for this thing. I need them to fight this bear. Yeah. Now, do you do it then? Uh, well, for- fortunately for me, in that sort of situation, pretty much every single party I've ever run for has will be so busy role-playing and chatting away amongst themselves. There's like, 
Yeah. Oh, it sounds like the sound of your conversation has drawn the attention of my Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that comes to you. Yeah. The occasional <laughs> surprise attack is fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, you have to read the characters. Mm. Like, if someone takes a character... Uh, and I'll go back to D&D, because that's where I've seen a lot more characters that I haven't written for the players. Mm. If someone says, I'm taking alert, my wisdom is 19, I've got proficiency and expertise mm-hmm. in this. Like, you need to beat a, pass- a passive perception score of 19, 21 plus, in order to sneak up on me. I'm like, this player is let me know in no uncertain terms that they do not want to be surprised. Mm. So I might throw in attempts at surprise at them, but they're probably going to see it. But you know, they'll be ahead of the game. Yeah. Other people might not. But on the on hand, quite a lot of the time, they can turn an ambush back on their enemies, mm. which I have to say, as a player, I really enjoy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, just, just spot, you, oh, you spot someone down the road, you think they're up to no good. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And then you can do that. And it's like that. That that is like a lot more fun for me than just a random roll initiative. Blah 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 blah. So going back to cheating, right. is there any other way yeah. a GM can cheat? Um, forgetting abilities. Forgetting something, I don't think is cheating. Yeah, no, making a mistake. Cheat- cheating is yeah. you know you you got some intent behind, like opposed to making a mistake. Oh, oh I, I, I'm sorry, I forgot the inverted commas. Quote forgetting unquote. All right, yeah. Oh. Yeah, not yeah. playing the monsters to the very best of yeah, ability. Okay, all oh, right, um, okay. Or like, or not remembering to re-roll dice, or forgetting to make a save now and again, mm. you know, or not misreading a stat block. I mean, these these things all do happen, or do they? Bum, bum, bum. Uh, <laughs> mm. So yeah, I mean, the main thing is fudging dice rolls and hit points, isn't yeah. it? It's probably the most common. But and, and, and to be fair, if you do things like you roll hit dice for monsters, they don't all have the same hit points. What if you're running? Right is, here we go. Because we, you yeah. mentioned earlier about it being different, whether you made the decision before the game started or on yep. the fly as the encounter happened. Right. Yep. What if it wasn't your decision to make, and you're running a pre-published adventure? You come, yep. ac- you come to this encounter, and you suddenly realise that the but the adventure, as written, this encounter is really badly written. Mm. Um. So it has been decided in advance, but by someone yep. else, and it was a bad yep. decision. Do you change yep. it on the fly then? Um. Yes, yeah. I call down imprecations upon the idiot that thought this was a good idea, and then change it. Okay. And if they then sub- subsequently steamroller it, I'm like, oh, that was super easy. I'll be like, mea culpa, I have aired. Mm. But generally, I have a sense for it. But to you, that's um, different and, to if you change your own decision. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's like, because the pre-written one is supposed to be valid, but it also, if I discovered there was like a typo in a book, mm. I would not insist... Like yeah, I mean, say yeah, say, 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 say it said like I don't know, Glansfindel or something, as supposed to Glorfindel. I'm not gonna go and read my copy of Lord of the Rings out to someone has Glansfindel did this that and other. It's like gonna be Glorfindel because that is the correct way to do it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's not what I meant. I didn't mean typos, but no, yeah, just, no, no, a, well, just a badly well, bad choice. It's a bad editing choice and a bad writing choice. It is an error that has crept into the game. Because clearly they wanted me to have something that I could use to run for uh, my party, and they have actually provided me with something that will not go well for my mm. party. So therefore, I am changing it around to suit suit myself. Okay. As- but if it if it was you that made that mistake, um, do you feel bad? You feel you feel worse about changing it on the fly. I would feel bad about changing it on the fly. 
I would feel worse having a total party kill. However, my uh, I read an article, and this is like going back some time, is that total party kills are a result of players not communicating with each other. And every time, like, because I do, I've, I see a lot of stuff, so I do the occasional after action report. And that thesis that players stopping communicating with each other, you know, we're all looking at their character mm. sheets, they're not talking, they're not planning, they're not scheming. That is a big warning sign to me that a total party kill is imminent because things are going badly. Like, I've seen it where, like, an Adventurers League model, they're level one characters, they're fighting zombies. They should just stomp on that. Mm. That should be really easy. Like, I had less players on my, on my table and they went at it like a SWAT team. Uh, they've never played before, but like, alright, oh, we'll just do the most logical thing. Blam, 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 blam. Mm. Sorted. Because these are people, they're all dueling their own individual zombies. They're not acting as a team. And that way, doom lies. Mm. So, and most of the time, the maths in the games are sufficiently resilient they can work around it. Mm. So things I'd do is I'd like, maybe call a break to allow me to gather my wits because I'm super tired, guys. I've been running this combat for quite some time. Mm. Uh, and, you know, just basically encourage them to get out of whatever thunk they're in and sort themselves out. And that is, and, and the way you do that is like at the start, at the very start, you get them talking to each other because the, it's all about, it's the, it's all about communication. If they're not communicating, that is going to lead to a bad time. Mm. Sorry. I'll get off my little soapbox, but that, that's my experience from running D and D. It will doubtless be different for other games, but not that different, I suspect. Mm. All right. Have we covered this topic? I, think so so the, the the question to wrap things up was can yes. the gm cheat yeah. and my answer is no but the gm can be a dick <laughs> yeah. that's my yes, answer fair. to that question makes sense the gm isn't really in the category of people that can cheat so but they can definitely run the game in an unsatisfactory mm. thing which is worse than cheating because it means you're making your game bad mm. so you should probably not do yeah. that i i agree yeah. i don't think Another thing, we haven't got time to go into this right now, definitely, Next so week. maybe we can talk about it some other time, is pl- players cheating, but not in the dice fudging way, but I was thinking about player oh. knowledge kind of way. Oh, metagaming? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Knowing things about creatures that the characters, knowing things about creatures that they shouldn't, things like that. That could be an interesting thing to talk about, isn't it? Yeah, maybe next yeah, right. week. Maybe. I, I, I'll write that down. Okay. And on that note... All right, thank you very much. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. You can join the joint 40 plus crowds. That's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm not yet 40 plus. It's no, my it's my thirty sixth birthday tomorrow. So. <laughs> I don't know how you're lying about your age and you're still older than me when you lie about it. <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> so 
So I, I'm cheating badly again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.